Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. With the new Chevy Silverado, you might be driving in this. But with the Silverado's redesigned interior and large infotainment screens, it'll feel more like this. Introducing the new 2022 Chevy Silverado. Find new upgrades. Find new roads. Chevrolet. Before we get this episode started, I want to give a huge thank you to our sponsor, Anchor by Spotify. If you haven't already heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. And it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And you know the best part of it is, Griff? I do, Will. Anchor is totally free. So make sure you head to the App Store or Google Play, download the Anchor app, or go to anchor.fm to get your podcast started. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Inside the Five. It's Will. And it's Griff. In today's episode, we got our NBA locks, Celtics update. Uh, we got a Red Sox update, as well as the Puck Culture pick of the night and some NFL draft news before the draft on Thursday. Let's do it. With the third pick in the 2017 NBA draft, the Boston Celtics select Jason Tatum. From Duke University. All right, uh, starting off with our NBA locks. Uh, last week I took an L again, which makes me even uh, at 14 and 14. So another fresh start tonight yeah this week well it's not a it's not about how you fall it's about how you get back up you know 100 percent um the season is almost getting ready to close out too so these last few weeks are are very important in the lock of lock of the episode very important uh who won the nfl was it me by a game yeah literally week 17 right like we yeah you got a tie week 16. It. Yeah, and they what they like lost by two points. Yeah, because they missed like a field goal and then like they just turned <laughs> the ball over again. Yeah. So uh I actually picked up a dub last episode, making me 16 and 12, meaning that we are two games apart because you are 14 and 14. Uh so this is a big week for you. Uh two losses for me, two wins from you this week, and we are even. Uh, but I'm feeling pretty good about mine tonight. I got OKC plus 12 and a half against the 76ers. Once again, they don't have Tobias Harris or Joel Embiid tonight. OKC obviously missing Shy and Lou Dort. But I feel like 12 and a half is just too big. Yeah, and plus, like, the Thunder, like, play scrappy. So, like, they can probably they scrape up enough points to not make that 12 and a half. Yeah, I feel like Poku is going to have a big 12, and that's going to be the difference. 
Like if like if anything, if like to like cut, I think they would like lose by like ten. I think like that twelve, like that extra two and a half points is like a little bit too much. Yeah, no, I, I there's no doubt in my mind that they lose this game. Like I really think that they do lose this game, but just say that they were to win. I mean, I wouldn't mind that either. Yeah, but, that's just auto dub. Yeah, I'm thinking they lose, but twelve and a half points is a lot to work with, especially not having. Um, Embiid and Simmons. Or Tobias Harris or Fortin Korkmaz or Danny Green. Yeah, so they got like no – they're literally – it's honestly, I should have been even spread. It really should have been. I mean, <laughs> the Thunder are missing Lou Dort, and I want to say Shy is still out, right? Maybe, I want to say. But, like, they've been playing like just... without them anyways. Like, they've been, like, stepping up. Yeah, that's facts. I feel like he's been out for like ever. Oh, he's out until mid-April. Oh, I think he's back actually. Yeah, he played. Uh, he played last game. He had thirty-one points. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Wait. So like, I'm feeling real good about this tonight. Yeah. So then you're then we're good. You're good. You're good. Um. I got the Suns minus two and a half against the Knicks. Um, the Suns are out with a few people. Uh, the Knicks, I don't really think they're out anybody. If so, I think they're like one person. So, I mean, I kind of was just going for, I like, I don't really know what my idea was here. Honestly, I actually have no idea what I was thinking. <laughs> if I'm going to, I was going to try to make something up for my logic here. I actually have no idea why I All picked right. this game. Let's see. Uh, the Suns are missing <laughs> out on uh, Abdel Nader. Dario Saric, who's been getting quality minutes. Jay Crowder, who's been getting quality minutes. Uh, and Langston Galloway. While the Knicks are missing, Alec Burks. Um, two teams that are red hot. I want to say, have the Knicks still not lost, like, ever? I still think they're on their win streak. I, like, didn't really know what direction I wanted to go. Because I was, like, I thought at first – my, my logic for this one, actually, now I figured out what I was actually thinking. Let's so I was like, it. okay, maybe I'll take the Knicks plus two and a half because they're on the win streak. Right. But then I was like, but the Suns still have Booker and CB3 and Aiden. They so do. I'm like, I mean, like, it, it only takes Booker to drop, like, 30 points, and then you know CB3 and Aiden are going to just eat. So, like, it's not really going to do much. But then it takes freaking Julius Randle to drop 50 points, and then who knows what the spread at that point. Yeah, I mean, if Aiton can have a good defensive night or, like, good enough defensive night, um, I think the Suns will be fine. Because, I mean, the Suns are a top-two team in the league right now. But the Knicks are going for 10 straight tonight. Yeah, I like, I just – I don't even, like, know. I really – You kind of just pulled that one out of nowhere. Yeah, I kind of just pulled out on another. That was like the lowest spread, and I really just wasn't even thinking that the, the Knicks were on the win streak until I like put it on the dock. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to change it. I'm just going to go with what. You're just going to ride with I, it. Yeah, because if I changed it, watch the Suns are going to win, but they and, still might win. And going Probably. back to your trusty, trusty source, the ESPN bubble matchup predictor, Phoenix is at 68.8% chance to win the ballgame. So I like my odds. They've only failed me like a couple times. So yeah, no. So like honestly, I think we're both in for a big night of hits. Um, but moving on to a little bit of Celtics talk. Uh, since we've seen you, they've played two games against the Nets and against the Hornets. They lost both of them after beating the Suns. 
But I mean, I wanted to say on the last pod or on last week, last week's Tuesday pod, there we go. Um, I wanted to say that at least one out of three of these I'd be okay with, but two out of three of these I'd feel really good about. We got one out of three of them. Uh, we had a good comeback against the Nets on Friday night, and then we just got blown out by the Hornets, uh, 125 to 104. The Hornets are kind of everything that the Celtics want to be right now. I feel like they're a nice, young, fun team. Terry Rozier, Miles Bridges, they're just out there running around. Like, I feel like that's what the Celtics don't have. They don't, they have the youth. They just don't like run around and they're not like scrappy. They like to like kind of have a set offense. A set offense in the NBA is like the worst thing ever. Set offenses don't work. And that's being shown clearly here from the Celtics, who are still in business. We can't even actually run a set offense. I'm gonna, if I'm going to be honest, we actually can't. Exactly. Like we don't even look like we know how to run a set offense, which is because I don't think any of these guys like have had full experience running a set offense maybe since like AAU. Yeah, no, not even AAU. We all know AAU is no set yeah. offense. Maybe since like middle school, like probably middle yeah. school basketball. Yeah. Um, so with that being said, after a few tough losses, um, the Celtics fall down to the sixth seed. They are two games behind Atlanta for the fifth seed, and they are actually beating Miami in a tiebreaker. Uh, they both have the same record, but if they lose on Tuesday against the Thunder and Miami picks up a dub um tonight against the bulls then miami will have the sixth seed and boston will be in the play awesome yeah um i think i said it two weeks ago the last thing i want is for the celtics to play in a play-in i think that if we are in a play-in series we are going to get it screwed Yo, yeah like 100%. we will find a way to lose and on the last episode, I believe we said out of our last three games, we said two out of the three games were winnable, if not maybe all three. <laughs> we we included the Hornets and the Thunder as the winnable games, and we somehow yeah. managed to close the gap on the Nets. Even though the Nets didn't have everyone, still, the Nets are still ridiculous regardless. Yeah, they're still 41 and 20. Like Yeah, and then, like, the Hornets uh, – yeah, I, like, I turned turn on the game, like, first quarter – and they were like, I like, I thought I was like seeing, like, I thought it was a joke at first. And they were down right. like 20 points. And I was like, all right. I thought I, it was like 33 23, I think, at the end of the first. Yes, it was. It and, was. And, yep. and I thought it said 23 23. I was like, all right, we made a good like, point right, here. Yep. And then they like flashed the score. I was like, oh, my yeah, we were God. down 15 early in the second. Like, if we're down early in the second, we're screwed. I'd rather be down 15 in the third quarter than down 15 in the second. Because I feel you know, like, like we, we give up right away. We give up so easily. We give up, and then right when we're back in, then we just we turn into like a turnover fest because we try running a fast break. I don't understand why would we why can't we be a fast break team? Like we're so easily being a fast break team. Like we can't I don't I don't yeah, I don't know why we can't be a fast break team seeing that we have like the movement to do so. Like we have smart who could run if he wants to Jalen Brown, obviously one of the best like uh, transition players in the league. Tatum can do his own thing. I feel like it's kind of coming down to the number one and the number five, which are Kemba and at most of the time, Tristan Thompson, because Tristan Thompson can't get back on defense if we run in transition. Yeah. And um, Kemba is like, I don't know what's up with Kemba because Kemba's 
been known for being a transition type of guard and being out, getting out running. But with his knee injury, it's been very difficult. So I think, I mean, I love Kemba starting games. I love Kemba's finishing games. But that second and third quarter Kemba is just kind of where it, like, falls apart in the second and third. Yeah, and, like, I mean, we kind of, like, when Kemba first came, we were transition 100%. And I feel like when we have Pritchard out there, our transition game is awesome because he runs the fast break pretty well. I mean, he's a rookie, so some of his decision-making is a little bit off. He does, like, have turnovers on transition, I noticed. But, like, honestly, I'd rather, like, have some form of transition than none. This is an opportunity there. And then the other thing is because of Kemba's injury, if we stick in the plan, I act like not only do I not want that to happen, but we're screwed. So we're forced to play two games technically. Mm -hmm. And then we have to choose. They're probably going to be a back-to-back because that's how it was in the bubble. Yeah, it'll most likely be a back-to-back or a day in between. Or a day in between. So most likely Kemba's not going to be there for one game. Uh Uh-huh. Given the fact that it is a um, play-in game, so they're like, "All right, well, we're probably like they're they're definitely banking first game we win, we're fine." Yeah, we'll be fine if we win the first game. I mean, if we yeah. sneak in and we're the six seed, we win the first game, or I mean, seven seed. Sorry, so we would play the eight seed. Um, if we win that first game, then we locked in the seven seed, and then we don't have to play another game. Yeah. I mean, but also at the same time, we have 11 games left of the season. We have three more games in the month of April, um, which is actually crazy because it's April 26th. So April is actually almost over. And then we have 11 games in May until um, until it's the playoffs. So we have 11 more games to either lose it all or kind of shift the momentum, maybe get the five seed. Maybe even we can sneak into the four seed, but it's been kind of tough with the streak that the Knicks have been on. Um, but I feel like with Trey Young, uh, sadly being injured, which is like tough to see, obviously for Hawks fans and just NBA fans, nobody wants to see anybody injured. But that kind of does something for the Celtics, seeing that the Hawks are two games ahead of them right now. Um, that I can't see the Hawks like being producing at that same level without Trey Young. So if we can sneak in the five seed, we play the Knicks in the first round. Um, compared to going to the sixth seed, we'd play the Bucks in the first round. Say if we're the seventh seed, we have to play the Sixers in the first round. Uh, I would much, much, much rather play the Knicks in the first round. I would much rather play the Knicks in the first round too. And honestly, I'm not too scared if we play the Bucks in the first round either. I would much yeah, no. like I wouldn't I wouldn't prefer it, but I would prefer it over over the rest of the options after that. Yeah, over the 76ers. Um, I don't think there's any chance of us getting an eight seed if we, if we were to make the playoffs. I don't think we'd be the eight seed. So I don't even, I don't even worry about playing the Nets. Yeah, I, I don't. I, is there so how – let me think really quick. So we wouldn't play the Nets. So our best-case scenario, we wouldn't be playing the top two teams until the – Second round, I think. Oh, or yeah, we, we'd still have to play. Um, so if we're a six seed, um, that means we would play the three seed Milwaukee Bucks, which would mean that we would be playing the one seed in the second round. If we're the four versus the five, uh, then we'd play the 76ers in the second round. 
Okay, so I mean, I don't really honestly. There, it just really depends the situation because who knows how healthy the the Nets are going to be? Because we don't even know if they're going to play full strength the whole time because they haven't literally the whole year. Right. Honestly, I'd rather play the Nets in the second round just because I don't want to lose the series to the 76ers. Yeah. Oh, that's going to – oh, my God. Like, thinking about how, like – NBA Twitter, it's just like – That and all like the, how the playoffs could happen. Like, a mat, like, right, like, like, that could just be – oh, my God. That's going to be an ugly scene. Yeah. I mean, the Sixers have the pieces to make it to the finals, but, like, I think there's no chance that they win it this year. I don't think they could win it at all with Ben Simmons. Like, Ben Simmons, great player. I just don't like what they're doing with him there. Like, obviously, like, he's fantastic. But I've been saying this since we started the podcast, and it was the bubble. I just don't understand why they can't go get a point guard and then move Ben Simmons to the four. Because, I mean, yeah, Ben Simmons can run the one, but he can also run the four, and I think he can run the four at a way higher level. Or, I mean, even run the three if you need him to. I just don't think – he should play the point guard. He's athletic enough to play point guard, yes. And he's fast enough to play point guard, yes. But think about a 6'11 post player who can just run past everybody. I feel like that's way more effective. 100%. But that's also the same thing like we have going on with like Tatum when he plays the four some nights. Yeah, well, the thing with Tatum is that... He can do everything. Tatum can do everything, but... Tatum's not really fit to play big. Like Tatum, Tatum's a finesse guy, where Ben Simmons is more of like a technical guy. Which which is literally what power forward, like you need a technical power forward. You can have like anything at the five, but technicality would be four hundred percent because like in my opinion, like I mean he can't he can't stretch the floor out, so that's probably why they don't want him there. Exactly. Until they find someone that they can. Yeah, no. Kind of like there's like these players that are like so good, but they're missing like one piece of their game or just like one thing that they can't control, which these two players that I'm thinking of right now are Ben Simmons and Zion Williamson. Zion Williamson, sorry. So Zion, he is kind of a weird player because of things he can't control, which is his height. He's six foot five, but if if he even had two more inches, he was six foot seven, he would be the best power forward in the game. But since he's six foot five, it kind of makes a weird little in between where it's like, should he play the three? But he's kind of big, so should he still be in the post? And obviously, we've seen him in the post. He goes to work, but against the center, against the seven foot center, um, it's a little bit more difficult for him. But Ben Simmons is seven feet tall. He's six eleven. Yeah, he's six eleven, and Ben Simmons. He can't stretch the floor out at all, which is correct. But that's the good thing that they have Joel Embiid, who's a five, who can stretch out the floor. So if you only want one person in the paint, why not have it be Ben Simmons and go get a point guard? Go get an actual point guard. Yeah, like, I, I, I like, literally, I don't, like, they've always been a weird team. They've, they've never, like, actually, like, think. Like, I'm being serious. I don't think they actually think. Oh, yeah, no, they're a weird team, and it's really only because of what they do with Ben. Yeah, and I don't really, like, understand, like, like what you said, literally because of what they do with Ben. I don't really understand their whole logic in general. Like, when they go out there on a night-to-night basis, like, they win games, right? But, like, Joel Embiid is putting the entire team on his back because he has to. Mm -hmm. Because he needs to, yeah. 
because there's nothing else they can do. I mean, we saw it. They went out and they got shooters in the offseason. They got Danny Green. They got Seth Curry. Um, they got all these shooters, which we thought, like, wow, like, this is going to be, like, really dangerous. And then, I mean, they're kind of still in the same hole. Like, they, they're the second seed now, which I don't know what they finished at last season. I want to say the, I want to say the fifth, maybe even the sixth, because they played the yeah. Celtics in the first round and they got swept. Yeah, and I also think when, like, the Danny Green pickup, I think they thought that they were going to be getting, like, Danny Green from, like, three years ago. Like, Raptors and Spurs Danny Green. Yeah, and they were like, all right, he's going to be our guy to shoot the ball on a night-to-night basis. And, mm-hmm. like, they should have known that from seeing what happened. Like, don't get me wrong, he's an excellent shooter. Oh, he but, definitely like, is. But watching the Lakers finals – it just like he looked like he lost just a little bit yeah so like which is like 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 thinking from what i think they were thinking that's just not what you want to do you can't you can't afford that on the 76ers right now because now you're relying heavily on seth curry who obviously we all know seth curry brother steph he's not steph mary redeemed a fifty thousand dollar cash prize playing chumba casino this year i was only playing for fun so winning this was a dream come true chumba casino is america's number one social casino experience it's serious fun with over 80 casino style games to choose from you too could win life-changing amounts of cash be like mary log on to chumbacasino.com and give them a world that's chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary void or prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details the voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Yeah, and still you're relying on him a little bit too. too heavily to hit threes. And then, I mean, your other guards that you have on the team, I'm looking at the roster right now. You've got George Hill, who is a grizzled vet, who can't really shoot the ball that well either. Um, you have a couple of people that don't get any minutes. Then you got Fork and Cork Maz, who every here and there you see his name. He drops like 15. He splashes a couple threes. You got Tyrese Maxey, who you were so hyped about getting him in the draft and then he had a good first month but really you haven't seen anything from him since then and then mm-hmm. Ben Simmons was at the one which just completely ruins your plan of shooting threes because Ben Simmons can't shoot to save his life so your point guard position who is maybe one of the most I would say top two most important shooting positions is completely wiped out which shooting in the playoffs is the most important thing it's that shooting threes like in today's NBA shooting threes and getting rebounds are the top two most important things in my opinion in the postseason and that's why the 76ers are fucked because when it's time to like be the best possible team because we all know in the regular season you are you can clearly see players are not going 110 percent at all times but you see it in the playoffs they step it up right and we'll see that from the celtics they'll step it up um but when the 76ers do that you're missing out on a prime shooting position because you stuck Ben Simmons at the one and you have Tobias Harris at the four, who's 
kind of an on and off shooter. And you're also paying Tobias Harris $35 million a year, which is just completely. Yeah. Like outrageous. That's... Yeah. But anyways, um, like you're, you're missing out on a point guard. Ben Simmons. I Ben Simmons, one of the best defensive players in the league, top two, top three defensive player in the league. But I just don't understand why they can't run him at a position that's not point guard. They're, they're still convinced that the points he gets on a night-to-night basis is enough to get them by, which right. they're 100% right on that because yeah, he are. does get 25-plus points a night most, like exactly, most nights. Yeah. But when you go to the playoffs, we see the three ball. Like you said, I agree with you 100% that threes and boards is the most important thing watching the Celtics every playoff game. That's the two most important things that we do. We check a lot of threes, and then we get screwed over on boards, and we lose the game. Yeah. Like that, that's what <laughs> – that that's what happens like that's the trend but we see like when the warriors started like banging threes like when that became a big thing with Seth curry clay when katie joined too they buried teams with the three ball that's how you get buried yep because right right the 76ers can play the two ball all night long and not get buried because they're going to make two every single time so right two teams is more than one three right so they get they have two excellent defensive players on their team top 10 in the league they're going to get stops. So they're not going to worry about that. But in the playoffs, you get someone who's like literally playing 110% shooting. What are you going to do against them? Nothing. Right. Sick. You stop. They shot eight for 10 stick. You shot them. You stopped them twice. He's still, yeah. he, he still yeah. went eight for 10. Yeah. No, I mean, eight for 10 from three is more points than 10 for 10 from two. Yeah. That like that. I mean, I mean, eight from 10 is a lot from, like any like from anyone yeah, it is pro- it probably is in the east but like still when you get to that point like that could happen exactly and i mean i'm not saying that the 76ers are going to lose in the first round i'm not saying that they're going to lose in the second round either but when it comes time to face a team like the nets because that's going to be their biggest challenge anybody's biggest challenge out of the eastern conference is facing the nets you're telling me that you're going to be able to stop a team that has Kyrie Irving, James Harden, and Kevin Durant, and all you have, you don't have anybody to guard KD. Well, you do. You have Ben Simmons, but you're running him at the one. But now you don't have a point guard because you're so focused on Ben Simmons being a point guard, but now he's now he's guarding your small forward, right? So now you have two other point guards who are top three point guards in the league with James Harden and Kyrie Irving, but you're so focused on developing, J, or developing Ben Simmons at point guard in the regular season that you don't even, like, go out and get a starting caliber defensive point guard, say like a Drew Holiday who was in draft talks or in trade talks, sorry, um, last offseason, when you could have Drew Holiday steady clamping either Kyrie or James Harden and Ben Simmons is going to be on um, Kevin Durant for sure. Like there's no doubt that's going to be the matchup. Now that leaves James Harden and Kyrie Irving wide open because you don't go out and go get a point guard because you think that Ben Simmons should play the one, which, I mean, I'm not saying, I've been saying this the whole time, but I just want to make it clear. I'm not saying that Ben Simmons isn't fit to play a point guard position or bring up the ball, but on defense, that just screws everything up because now he's guarding a small forward and now you have a small forward, small forward guarding a shooting guard. And now you have a shooting guard guarding a point. Yeah, it's just the matchups is the problem. Like like you said, if they got someone like a Drew Holiday, exactly. that allows them to play the game that they want to play because yep. 
they can do whatever they want. They're failing positionless basketball. Like, oh, by a mile. By a mile. Because, they, like, I don't like it. Their, their lineup is so awkward. Like, who do, I mean, who you're going to have. I wonder, like, I haven't, like, actually really, like, really. You're going to have Seth Curry. You're going to have Seth Curry guarding Kyrie Irving. Like, what do you expect? Yeah, like they're gonna get they're gonna get rocked. They're they're actually gonna get rocked. Like so, they're night to night basis. So they're starting what Ben, Joel, Tobias Harris, Seth Curry is it, and who else? I think they rotate that uh that fifth fifth player. I want to say a lot of the time it's Danny Green. Um, I was gonna say, is it Danny Green? I didn't want to like be like wrong on that one because I really don't. Uh, also, a lot of time it's uh, also a lot of time it's freaking Cork Maz, which I don't mm. understand. Like Tyrese Maxey's a, a year or two away. Tyrese Maxey is a very good player out of Kentucky. Um, I don't know if he's hurt, but I don't think he is. No, in the last ten games, he's played nine of them. Um, and Tyrese Maxey, like I said, great player, six four point guard point guard who could be a starter one day but today is not that one day you know or this year is not that one day he cannot yeah. start in a playoff game so like I said even honestly against the Celtics like I still like the 76ers over the Celtics because the 76ers are just ready and the Celtics just aren't right now like I don't know what happened this year to the Celtics but we've been talking about about it for a while they're just not really ready but you're going to have Ben Simmons guarding uh, Ben Simmons guarding Jason Tatum, obviously. And that happens again. So now you have your point guard guarding a small forward. So now that means that your small forward has to guard the shooting guard. And then, boom, you have Seth Curry guarding Kemba Walker. And if Kemba Walker is on that night because it's the playoffs, so you better believe yeah. he's going to be on that night, Yeah, you're done. Like, it's not possible. And then you have Jalen Brown being Jaylen guarded Brown's... by Burke and Korkmaz or Danny Green, who Danny Green it's... is a very good defensive player, but he doesn't match up against, like, a silky, not... smooth Jalen Brown. Right now. Not right now. Not maybe right like, now. Maybe, like, two, two, maybe his rookie year, maybe. Like, he would have matched up pretty, yeah. like, all right. Like, he wouldn't have been – like, Jalen Brown can take over a game any night he wants to. Like, that's, like, the kind of capabilities he has, like, in right. – in, today's game and which it makes it makes it makes up for a lot like so like like what i said if we end up playing the 76ers in the playoffs we match up so well against them because of this reason because of ben simmons yeah like the playoffs wise on, on a night-to-night basis we'll probably get rocked yeah on a regular regular season game we're gonna get screwed because we're either missing jalen brown or we're missing jason tatum or we're missing evan fournier or we're missing Kemba walker and I mean, when Evan Fournier comes back, I, I, and he is full strength in the playoffs. I forgot. Yeah, because he's been out. He's been out for a while, so I, right. I, I forgot. And Evan Fournier is not going to start in a game. I mean, unless I wouldn't mind if we ran Tatum at the one, because Jalen Brown is fit to guard a one. He can guard a point guard, and then you can have Fournier on the two, and then you can still have Jason Tatum guarding the three. So you already have the first three positions locked up. But you just have Jason Tatum bringing up, bringing up and down the ball like that works because you have someone that can guard the one. But the 76ers just don't have that because of Seth Curry. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's it's a little 
it's a little wonky there. Right. They just don't have the defensive capabilities to guard the one if Ben Simmons – because in the Eastern Conference, we'll go team by team right now. In the Eastern Conference, I'm just going to say it straight up before we go team by team, every player – I mean, every team's best player is a small forward. And Ben Simmons can guard any position. But the issue is the guards on that team cannot guard both guard positions. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so, like, yeah, Seth, I like I've been using steady Seth Curry, but also it's Cork Maz, also it's Green. They can't guard a point guard. So that's why running him at point guard kind of screws them. So we'll start. Brooklyn Nets, their best player is Kevin Durant. Like, let's be honest, it's Kevin Durant. If yeah. not, I mean, I guess it's James Harden. But Ben Simmons would be on Kevin Durant. And that would leave Danny Green and Seth Curry guarding Kyrie and James Harden. <laughs> that's 60 so, points. That, that's 60 points. Like, they're oh getting 30 dropped on their head already. And KD will probably still drop 25, if not maybe 30. Like, they're all exactly. going to drop 30 yeah. regardless. Like, and I, mean, then, I, I know Ben Simmons is a great defensive player, but he's still, like, in all honesty – Kevin Durant's dropping 30 points on Ben Simmons' head every single night. I'll every take that night. every single every night. night. Every single night. And then uh, we have the Bucks, who are the three seed, who uh, they have an interesting starting lineup where it's Drew Holiday, and then they kind of move in and they shuffle that two, which is uh, either like Dante DiVincenzo. They also mm-hmm. have Bryn Forbes out there. Uh, Pat Connaughton gets a lot of minutes. I know I joke about him. Because uh, he's a mass kid, but he gets a lot of minutes as well. Who's a very athletic two guard, um, and then they have Middleton, they have Giannis, and they have Brook Lopez. So that's kind of interesting with the Sixers because who's going to guard Giannis? Is it going to be Joel Embiid or is it going to be Ben Simmons? Because Giannis is the perfect example of what they are doing right, where Giannis is a post player who. Can kind, he can shoot better than Ben Simmons for sure, yeah. but he doesn't shoot, and neither does Ben Simmons, but they have the guards around him because, I mean, hey, Giannis could bring up the ball if he wanted, but they are a little bit smarter than whoever is coaching. Who is coaching the 76ers? Is it Doc now? It's Doc. Which I just can't believe Doc is this dumb to not notice. That's what it, I'm saying because, like, they're playing really well because of Doc, but, like, why is he still doing this? Yeah, that's what I don't understand. So Giannis, who do you think would guard Giannis? Joel Embiid is not – Joel Embiid, great that's defensive mis- player, mismatch. but it's a mismatch by a mile because Giannis 100%. can stretch it out, do a little move on him, and just run right by him. I know Joel like, Embiid is very athletic for his size, but he is nowhere near Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Ben Simmons matches up better against him. Yeah, right? and, and I agree. And also, I just want to say – Chris Middleton's gonna get he's gonna get cooked on. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, but I like him there on defense because he can move. He gets steals and he can move. Exactly. I like the and way I, he moves on defense. He might not be one of the best defensive players in the league, but like when it comes playoff time, I mean we see it when we play the Bucks. We play the Bucks almost like every yeah, single Chris year. Chris Middleton plays some pretty good defense. He plays a pretty good defense. He he can move. What he can move. I mean, he's playing against the best players in the league. So I don't really yeah. know like how well that's going to work, but, like, he can move. Right, but that just shows, again, like, if Ben Simmons has to go out and guard Joel Embiid, or not Joel Embiid, that would make sense, Giannis, then that leaves Chris Middleton being guarded by who? 
Tobias yeah. Harris. Like he's gonna like like honestly like Chris Middleton might be like Chris Middleton's different in the playoffs. Like he might not be having like the best season right now, but like yeah, no, but he I, could do it in the playoffs. In the playoffs, he like turns into like one of the best shooters, like for some reason. Yeah, hundred percent. And then we fall down to the four seed, which is really probably the only matchup other than the Hawks, which I'm not even gonna cover the Hawks because the Hawks without Trey Young are screwed. But yeah. the Knicks, in my opinion, we also have the Celtics, who we talked about, and then the Heat, which makes sense because he'll have to guard Jimmy Butler, but that leaves open shooters. And then we'll just quickly run through the Hornets, who, I mean, I don't even know who he, who Ben Simmons would guard in that situation. Uh, Lamelo or Gordon Hayward or Rozier, that could screw everything up. Um, but the last thing I want to talk about is the Knicks, and this is the only team they match up against. But if the only team that you match up against is the New York Knicks, then that's an issue if you're the two seed in the East. Mm -hmm. Because you have Julius Randle, right? Which, I mean, Joel Embiid can guard Julius Randle. Yes. So Julius Randle taken out of the equation. Now you have, I mean, who's their second best player? R.J. Barrett. Yeah, I mean. Which is no diss to R.J. Barrett. He's not a bad season either. Yeah, he's averaging 18 a game. Um, but the 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 uh, leader for stats in every single statistical category for that team is Julius Randle. So Joel Embiid just blessed you because if your best player is a big man and Joel Embiid can keep up with him, which he can with every single big man, mm-hmm. but not every single wing player. He, like he can't keep up with Giannis. But every single big man and post player Joel Embiid can keep up with, then you're screwed if that's your best player. So – Pretty much what I'm saying, if Ben Simmons has to guard your best player, then you're kind of fucked because your best player is not going to be a point guard in the East. There's there's not a single team in the East that's actually has the caliber to make a deep playoff run. I know the Hawks, I keep bringing up the Hawks because they're the five seed right now. They can't make a deep playoff run, but every deep playoff run caliber team, their best player is not going to be a point guard. Yeah, the Hawks is, are, like, literally the only example that their best player is literally their point guard. Right. And, I mean, it's even the case with, like, the Hornets. Because you could argue that the Hornets' best player could be Gordon Hayward. I mean, they have, like, four best players. They're, like, a team, team, team. They're a team. They're actually they're they're, they're they're, like, an actual team. Like, they play together as one. Like, they, they, they'll have nights where each player will go off. But like yeah. that's that's every team. They have like their whole lineup will go off and they'll contribute to the entire game, like right. scoring defensively and rebounding. Yeah, and I mean I don't even like how the Sixers say next year with Lamelo Ball, or uh, like full strength. I don't like how the Sixers even match up against them because Rozier is averaging the most points per game. So they're, they're may, an electric fast break yeah, team. Exactly. They're, they're, they're gonna stumble, they're gonna stumble and fall trying to keep yep. up with them. Yeah, you have Rozier averaging the most points per game. So you may think maybe um Ben Simmons would guard him, but no, their second best player is Gordon Hayward. Who's gonna guard Gordon Hayward? Tobias Harris. Yeah, no. They're um like, and then you have LaMelo. Who's gonna guard LaMelo? Seth Curry. Seth, no, like Lamelo will actually cook. Like Lamelo's cooked like a lot of point guards this year already. Like, yeah, and then off the he, bench you have Devontae has, Graham and Malik Monk. 
like i know everyone like is annoyed because like every like new center is always the mellow highlights but he has that like different type of like capability like that i don't want to compare good. him to like to like steph curry the way he shoots but he has that same mentality where no matter where this defender is on me i'm still going to pull because i'm confident enough to make because i can make that shot yeah like that's like that's what i'm getting at like he can he can drive he can i mean his passing is insane so like right He's gonna be ridiculous. Like he's gonna he's gonna be really really good. That's facts. Um, but honestly, that's gonna wrap up my Eastern Conference rant. Uh, maybe next episode I'll have a Western Conference rant because I have some issues in the West as well. Yeah, I actually have some issues in the West. <laughs> I actually, too. have some big issues in the West now that I just yeah. thought about it. Yeah, we'll, we'll say we'll save that for Thursday's episode. Hundred percent. But moving right along, uh, we got some Red Sox updates, some MLB. Also wanted to talk a little bit about the Padres Dodgers series. Yes. Before we get into the NHL, very briefly though, um, but we'll start off with the um, the Mariners series. We split, which we'll take. The Mariners. I'll take it. I don't think right now are currently the best team. In the, are they still the best team in the AL right now? I'm actually not 100 percent sure. Uh, no, we're ahead of them, but they're the best team in the AL West. Yes. So. It, it was a good it was a good matchup this weekend. We we got to see um Friday night's game, which they won. Great game. Yep. We did actually attend that in person. Yep, which was awesome. Um it was great to be back at Fenway. I actually yeah, wait, actually before we go on it, I say we just talk about our night and like our day in Boston. I'm done. I I thought it was an awesome day. It was great to be back at Fenway and I don't know if it's so much of a hot take, but I feel like everyone that I've talked to that's been back to like a game has almost enjoyed it more with less fans. I loved it. I loved it. I, you know, I'm just going to give like a breakdown of my whole day. So I, I classes on Friday, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Will came by, scooped me because I'm at school a little bit outside of Boston. So he scooped me on the way to Boston. Uh, we spent the day just walking around in Boston, which literally just it was a little crowded, but it wasn't as crowded as we remember. Um, we had literally zero issue getting into the ballpark. You had to like fill out like a waiver or something. It's in that you haven't tested positive in like the past three months or something. Mm-hmm. Um, no trouble getting in. Uh, the game, I think the closest people to us were maybe like a solid 15 feet away from us. Um, yeah. And you still had the Fenway crazies there screaming yeah um but i mean to see a game where there's three home runs uh one of them coming in the first inning from bogarts uh and then another one a solo shot from jd which was just insane and then adding a little spice in the top of the ninth some dude on the mariners just lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office more than once actually do i have to say yes you do in the car before my kids pta meeting really yes excuse me what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky i never win and tell well there you have it you can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com play for free right now are you feeling lucky no purchase necessary void prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details excuse me it's a three run home run to make it a one run game kyle lewis maybe was it kyle lewis um but like it was honestly like the perfect ball game to go to it was a one run game um 7 10 i mean by the time it started like by the time there was two outs the sun was already down there was no sun in your eyes it was beautiful weather uh honestly i don't think 
I don't think there wasn't a smile on my face the whole time. Like, I feel like after I said every single sentence that I told you, will I like laugh? Yeah, no, I, like, I genuinely like, I like, obviously I enjoy every game that I've been to. Like I've just like, 100%. it's always fun going to a game, Yeah, but I feel like that one was just, just so, because it's been so long. It's, it was just awesome it's, to just be back. I'm like, just to see, I'm like, used to going like everyone, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like we walked down, um, like all around Fenway, like seeing people, you know, going in and out of like team stores and like getting food on the side or like whatever. Yep. And then like even while we're in the stadium, like we weren't really near anyone, like close, right. close to anyone. We weren't close, but close, like, yeah. but like it, it, the fan interaction with each other still, yeah, was like was still there, which was like awesome. Right, like everybody was still like chatting. I mean, there wasn't anybody right next to you physically. But, I mean, it wasn't loud. Like, you could talk to the people that were, like, 10 or 15 feet away from you still, which yeah. if you're from Boston, you know that no matter what game you're at, whether it be Bruins, Celtics, Patriots, or Red Sox, or New England Revolution, like, you're going to be talking to the people with you because you're automatically best friends if you support a Boston sports team. So like yeah, it's like just like everyone just like it's just yeah, like guaranteed respect among like the community. Yeah, and me and Will, who are used to going to, I would say at least one, or maybe on average one and a half games per month, uh, of professional sports because that's just the type of people that we are. We definitely take advantage of the fact that we're from Boston, or from the area. So, not going to a game. It's April now, so. It's been – I went to the last Celtics game, like, that they had before COVID hit, mm-hmm. or the second to last. So, for me, it's been a year and a month. For you, it's been, like, a year and oh, two. Yeah, we were at that game. Oh, my God, wait. That actually just, like – Yeah, yeah. Actually, oh, yeah, that was the game I went to you with. That was that was actually – Yeah, I so it's been I, a like, year and a month. I was confused for a second. I just remember that. That's actually nuts. Thinking right. About it now. Yeah, and it, it was a Celtics game. So, we haven't even been to a Red Sox game because they didn't have any fans – uh, at all for their season yeah. so it's been almost two years since we've been to a Red Sox game maybe like a year and a half or like a year mm-hmm. and eight months or whatever but I mean Fenway is just literally like the most monumental like spot in our life <laughs> like, yeah no it, it's just like a, it's like it's honestly just like it's a certified classic every time you go there like regardless like, of the, what happens in the game it like, doesn't matter it doesn't matter, like win or lose, like it's still it's still fun going to Fenway. Yeah, and, and depends, you know it depends on depends on what type of game they're playing. Yeah, no. if they lose and it's a playoff game, then that's like very bad. Like that's just slow and everyone's pissed. But like a regular yeah. season game, like whatever. It's just a nice regular season game, and you know it's been a while when it's the seventh inning stretch, and Sweet Caroline comes on, and you're like not ready for. It. And oh then you God, like realized so unpre- that like it was so like unprepared. then oh, you so like realized unprepared. it was the middle of the seventh inning and Sweet Caroline had started. Like you we looked forward to that, but we forgot that was even a thing. Like for yeah. a second. Also so, notice like things about Fenway, like with less people there. Like I could see more of like the actual stadium, like certain yep. like things like like why certain like ads were in their place. I think we had like, yes. a couple of conversations like like golf has been there forever, but I never thought about why like like why is it there? Why is it literally where it is? And it's then, like not even like, visible to like 70% of seats. 
like maybe even more and like the mlb network is like not visible oh like yeah almost no. half the ballpark you could only like three percent <laughs> of people can see the mlb network sign yeah and no. i can't even imagine what it's like with everyone there you probably can't even see over everyone to even like yeah look depending on where you are you probably can't even see half the ads anyways but like mm-hmm. i mean i've been like i've been in a low populated fenway park before um but like I've never been in that low of a populated Fenway Park while a Friday night game was being played. Because Friday night games at Fenway are sold out. Every single Friday night that they play at Fenway, it's sold out. So, like, we've been to, like, Wednesday day games where it's, like, Mm -hmm. I'd say it could even be the same amount of people that were there when COVID happened and when COVID didn't happen on a Wednesday day. But on Friday night, you're expecting a packed house at Fenway. Because and we got in the area is buying a ticket, like is like, buying a ticket exactly. because like you can go up there and be like, all right, well, they're either 40 or 80 bucks for whatever's left. So like, honestly, yeah. if you had nothing to do, that's, that's pretty reasonable. Yeah. Right. But it was just it like was a great, happy. like vibe. It was just honestly, like, I don't even want to go to a Celtics game because like, I'd rather go to two more Red Sox games. I agree. I would, I think I'd, I think I would rather go to two more Red Sox games. Well, I feel like there's more availability yeah. too, like especially Facts. now we're at the end of the season. I mean, we have a whole season ahead of us, yeah. We, yeah and we're I mean, at we the end of the Celtics season. We still got plenty of time. Yeah. But anyways. Yeah. <laughs> Getting back into the current situation. Well, not really a situation, but we'll call it that for now. With the Sox. We split the series against the Mariners, which honestly was awesome. We won Friday and Sunday. Right. Um, Eovaldi got shelled, which was oh, yeah, he did. which was very interesting. <laughs> Because he was, he's been having a great season, but I mean, it can happen. We kind of like we kind of shelled them low key Friday night, mm-hmm. and like, like we kind of like after Paris came out, we kind of like held them because they're not really a hitting team, in my opinion. Oh, also, it made me feel really good when I wasn't the only one booing Martin Perez as <laughs> he got subbed out. I just because talking on the podcast, we've talked about how much I don't like Martin Perez, and I've talked to you personally about how much I don't like Martin Perez. But not being able to go to a game at Fenway kind of made me forget that I'm just a regular, like, Massachusetts kid, and we all have the same viewpoint. So when I noticed that we had the same viewpoint about Martin Perez, like me and, like, literally all of Massachusetts, actually all of New England, it kind of made me realize that, like, that's actually how it's always been. And this isn't anything new. I just totally forgot that everybody agreed with me at all times and all my takes for Massachusetts because I haven't been to Fenway Park. Yeah, like, it's just, that's just, like, what it is. Like, they literally just were not a fan at all. And yeah, Like, no, you have to watch him, like, warm up. I also thought it was, like... Oh, my God. His I also thought it, was, I thought it was hilarious. Yeah, he couldn't get a slider on. Also, Vasquez's uh, wife and son, or his child, I don't. I didn't really see. I think it was his I son. I thought it was his son. I think I so. Mean, I don't remember. I don't remember was... off the top of my head. But whatever. Yeah. I just thought the funniest thing ever is that he had a personal photographer taking live photos of them just watching. Of, dad. of his, yeah, of the <laughs> wife and the it was son. Just yeah. like, it was just like awesome. It was just like, and like the security guards had no idea who they were at first. And it was like the weirdest, like, interaction. I know. Ever. The security guards. The camera like, guy, like, the camera guy came up with the, don't worry, guys. We're, we're well, tired. yeah, because his wife, his wife, like, walked over, right? And then started making, like, kissy noises and i was like what are you doing and then he looked over and then it all added up like it all made sense at that point 
And then yeah, like when he looked, it was like, like all right. Like two security guards came over, but then the personal photographer came over, and then Jason <laughs> Veritek like started talking to them, and they just quickly like ran away. They're also, like, oh. also guys, Jason Veritek talked to me. I just wanted to say that he was on a very super casual vibe in the bullpen. I thought it he was, was so casual. <laughs> Christian so Vasquez fun. was not. He was, he, not, was ready. No, he was locked in. He had actually a pretty good game. Honestly, four out of five nights, Christian Vasquez would have said what's up to me, but he was catching Martin Perez that night. So he I, I'm not he mad needed, that he didn't he say hi back to, to me. Oh, my God. Watching Perez trying to get the slider going was just so bad. Took, like, took like, him like, like I was pitches. scared. Like, I was scared because, like, he, like, couldn't he couldn't get it at all. Like, yeah, I mean, if you he, hang a slider, it's going to be a long night. He had everything there, but he just wasn't getting the release off. And it was just, like, you could tell that they were all getting frustrated. And I was like, this is going to be an interesting game right off. Yeah, no, that. everybody was just pissed off in the bullpen to start the game. And then, I mean, I'm just happy that he went, like, three innings. <laughs> you you should have seen <laughs> – you should have seen the – we're talking about uh, the uh, Seattle bullpen. They were having a great time. They were just throwing. Oh, they were just everyone. like, yeah, no, they, they, they like. They already, they already knew that they were in some trouble. With yeah, the no, they, already. they knew they were screwed. They were like warming up three guys on two pounds, like, <laughs> like in like the second inning. They already, and they, they already, they were just like guys. throwing baseballs to everybody except for me and Will. Um, also, there was this little kid who maybe spent five hours trying to get a baseball. And he got one in like the seventh inning, and it was like the greatest moment ever because I felt like he oh, really yeah. deserved it. The, remember, Will? Fun. I was like, I was like, honestly, I'm too much of a nice guy that if I end up getting a baseball, he is getting it because he's worked so much harder than me, and he like yeah, actually he's, like it. he was there like from literally probably before. Like they probably watched both uh, batting practices. His dad was wearing a Mariners hat. What? Yeah. <laughs> like he and was just Mariners, and like they looked up at him and they didn't do anything they didn't do him. anything about it yeah no they, yeah. Just, they couldn't care less but yeah that was our night at Fenway yeah so we continue um with just the two game series against the Mets on Tuesday which should be kind of interesting I want to say DeGrom's going on one of those nights I, I, I want to say, say that Wednesday too. The the Mets bullpen is actually the Mets bullpen and pitching staff in general, all their pitchers. Yeah, no, no very, matter who we face, it's gonna be a tough they're, they're really, really good. And then um we got the Rangers four game series, uh similar to the Mariners series, obviously Thursday yep. through Sunday. In, starting on Thursday in Texas. In a fully capac- capacitated um venue in texas oh my god actually i wanted to talk about that so they showed the picture from the first game to like their third or fourth game it looked like the fenway this like the third or fourth game first really? game was maxed out the like third or fourth game there was like no one there <laughs> well, yeah, they're like they not suck. that good they suck so like they probably were like oh sick opening day like everyone was like that and then like when you watch your team play it was just like what is happening all right so um Quick rundown of who we're facing against the Mets pitching wise. Uh, it, it's going to be Garrett Richards throwing against David Peterson on Tuesday, who I kind of like that matchup. They're actually two very similar uh, pitchers. They both have an ERA in the sixes, which is a lot, very bad. Um, but I then, the then we're going up against Degrom. But don't you worry because we have Nick Pavetta, who is two and zero, uh, while Degrom is two and one. So I mean, if you're just basing it off of that. And you say screw Jacob Degrom's point three ERA, um, we're in for a good night. Which is, yeah. I mean, 
I'm surprised I didn't react more that Jacob deGrom has a 0.3 ERA. 0.3, Will. Yeah, he's like gross. Like he's like going, not a three, he's going, a point three. He's going he's going off, but he's like insane. He added five miles per hour over the offseason to his fastball. I don't think that's possible. I don't know that how drew you com- do that. I don't I don't know how you that do drew that, some like concern to age. me. That drew some concern. Five I don't know what he's I don't know what he's doing. Five, I don't know what he's doing. I don't know what five's he's doing. a lot. Five is a lot. Like, how do you do that? Like at his point in his career, how do you do that? Like he's already dealing. He's already won like three Cy Young. Like also, you think um, he already has his best stuff. Like how does he get better? I don't, I don't, I don't know. know. He, he throws nasty stuff all the time. Like it's. I mean, I don't want to be the first one ever to say it about him, but it <laughs> sounds a little fishy to me. Just saying. It could, it could be. It could be. Um. Also, speaking of the Mets, shout out to uh, Louis Guillorme. Um. Great game last night on the show. Oh, um, nice, Will. Yeah, I played uh, Luis Guillorme on MLB The Show. Came out like last week or something like that, or two yeah. weeks ago. I would say last um, Thursday. Or yeah, two Thursdays uh, ago. Two first two. time ever playing against like a professional player, like one on one. I would say like in a game. I've like we played against him in like the like in two K or whatever. Yeah, no, we like, we played our fair share of professional athletes in two K. Yeah, so it was the first time in like the show ever playing him. Um, so like all the professional players that like go through like and have their accounts, they get like a ninety nine. It's like the real Luis Guillorme. Like that's what the card like says. Yeah. Um, he kicked my ass in like the first like seven <laughs> innings. Not gonna lie, he was like toasting me with Walker Bueller. Like it, it was ridiculous. Like his team was uh-huh. nasty, and um, then like bottom like it was like top of the ninth, and I was down like seven runs. I hit like six home runs. Hey. Somehow, and then he, I pop fly, and I was pissed. <laughs> I was so um, I'm was trying to game. think. Shout out no. Louis Guillorme for hopping on. It was late too, so yeah. I was kind of surprised. I've never played like one on one against a professional athlete, but one time I was on a team with Isaiah Thomas on 2K, and it was two on two, and it was just me and Isaiah. It That's was pretty sick. sick. It was sick. And it was while he was on the Celtics, and I still have him on Xbox. That's sick. He's always he's he's always like grinding something. Isaiah's like always gaming, bro. Yeah, he's always on playing something. I yeah, know. I just thought it was sick. Like I was like, because he shock. used to. Yeah, Isaiah used to tweet out, and he'd be like, "Add me on Xbox and like run 2K with me," uh, and it was like Mister It Four. So I added him yeah. one day, and then he like invited me to his park. But, like, we chatted in game chat, and I was like, what's good, Isaiah? You're, like, Boston's hero. And he was like, thanks. But I think that's, like, the only thing I said to him because I was, like, in my bag for that one game I got to play with him. And I think we got, like – I think I think we got killed that game. But it's fine. I played with Isaiah Thomas. They, like, heavily disrespect the 2K players on, on 2K. Like, why don't they just bless them with, like, a don't... good card? Like, in, like, in, like, the park, like, in the my career mode. Like, my man is – Probably a 99 overall in real life to everyone but M- NBA players. But NBA, yeah. That's well, yeah. Um, moving on, I wanted to quickly talk about um, the second part of the 18 games World Series against the Dodgers and Padres yep. that we get this year. Mm-hmm. Um, great series. But um, I, I only got to watch like, some of the innings of the other games, but I got to watch most of the game last night. Now, okay. I I didn't really have like volume on. I like just was like I had it on in the background, like watching and doing other stuff. Yeah. Um. One of the main parts. So they went to extra innings. Padres came back from down seven to one. Crazy game. 
Tatis Tatis was nuts. Like, I mean, he's nasty in general. I want to say Tatis has hit like seven home runs in the past like four games. Yeah, I think he has like five or seven home runs in this series already. Like just just in this in this not this past series, not even like in the last time they played, which is crazy. Um, Also, shout out. I think um, who was it? Who did? uh, Who's the dude who pitches with one eye sometimes? Trevor Bauer. Trevor Bauer, he actually said something pretty sick. Um, they got well, him and Tatis got into like some beef afterwards, oh, anyways. Some Twitter beef, yeah. But like he still respected. He was like, w- like, why would I get mad at someone celebrating a home run? Like he literally hit a home run. Exactly, he hit a home run. Like that's like the coolest thing on planet Earth. Yeah, he was like, why, like, why would I get mad at him celebrating? Like, yeah, I pitched him a ball. He had a home run off me. Like, go ahead, celebrate it. Like, he kind of yeah. deserves it. Like, what? If I if I had a home run off a Cy Young award winner from the past season i don't even think i could tell you what i would do i don't think it would be appropriate to share on like bat flips anything like everything i would like, flip like, my I bat think, out of the stadium like take would, like, my jersey just off just throw the bat at him yeah like, i'd, I'd cover both <laughs> eyes yeah yeah like and i just thought that was like like massive amount of respect because a lot of pitchers and a lot of people in the league hate celebrations at all unless you win the game, which just yeah. like, that makes the game fun. Like I want to see Tatis get into it. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. You're a sore loser. Like, like he flipped the bat and he started hyping up his teammates in the dugout. That's like, sick. why would, like, why wouldn't I want that to happen? Like I want to win the damn game. Right. But yeah, the one of the main things, so they tied the game up there. I believe it's bases loaded, right? One or two outs. Um, One out bases loaded in, in extras. Okay. Dodgers are ready to win the game right now. I was like, this is not looking too good for the Dodgers. Clayton Kershaw is batting. I'm like, as he should be. I'm like, like, why is he batting? I'm like, why don't they pinch him? Like, why? Like, well, I was confused why he was batting. I'm saying this not knowing that he's not going in the next inning in which right. the Padres scored their runs to win the game. Yeah. Didn't go in the next inning. They brought someone else in. <laughs> what? That that's what I'm saying. I was like, "What is the logic behind that?" Yeah, Why that makes no put, sense. Like, pinch hit someone that can actually like is like on the, the game team for you guys. to hit balls. Yeah, yeah, and they were all pissed off afterwards. I'm like, "You should be pissed off that Clayton Kershaw took three swings for you." <laughs> yeah, three. Yeah. <laughs> what do you expect? Ten- like, did you think? Did you think he was the dude from LSU that just told his coach that he like just pimped dingers in high school but didn't actually hit? Like, he was like supposed to go up and hit an all run. Yeah, like I was confused, and there was like a little delay on updating like the base runner. So at the time when I saw him, I was like, "Oh, there's no one on first. There's batters. There's runners on second and third. So I was like, okay, they're probably gonna, they're probably just gonna sack bunt and try yeah. to like try to get into like maybe like halfway down third base and see what they're gonna do, and then like figure it out from there." They edited. They like loaded it back in. There was bases loaded. So I was like, "Okay, this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen." And then, like, everyone in the car was like, oh, my God, imagine he pimps one. Like, I could, like, literally, like, see from, like, their mouth. Like, they were talking, like, imagine uh-huh. he had to walk off right now. Would have been sick. But, like, what Like what the frick are you guys doing? Yeah, I just, like, I don't even understand that logic there. That makes yeah, no sense. I, I, was, I was very confused when that happened. And then the following inning, they had Tatis on uh, second. He was the last out of the previous inning. Mm-hmm. For the new rules, so they had Tatis on second, so they they already had fast enough guys to bring him in, and um, I think uh, I want to say I f- I forget who brought I forgot I forgot it was it was a sack fly that brought Tatis in, 
that pretty much that won them the game. Right. Machado was on deck, so it wasn't Machado. Because I remember yeah, they no, celebrated. I, I, yeah, I don't think I don't think Machado had a good game last night either. I, I know he didn't Machado get a hit. Yeah. <laughs> but but anyways, um moving on to the NHL very quick. Uh Real quick. shout out Puck Culture. Uh, I just got the Puck Culture pick of the night. That's actually from me. Um I got the Jets over the Oilers. Both teams actually have I think they're only one game apart from each other. So it's a big game. Oilers are oh, favored in this game, game, but I like the Jets. Go Winnipeg. Go go Winnipeg. Uh but yeah, the great NHL section from us. Uh, this episode, you you know it's a Friday thing though. Um, moving on, uh, with the draft coming up on Thursday, we are actually going to go through uh, Mel Kuyper Jr. and Todd McShay's first ten picks, um, and kind of just give a little background, give a little talk about them. Um, as well, they have I want to say one trade, one potential trade that they do in this mock draft as well. So we could talk about that because it involves one of me and Will's favorite teams, uh, and I think you can guess it's not my favorite team. So let's get right into things. Uh, with number one, uh, they have the Jacksonville Jaguars. All right. Uh, <laughs> number two, uh, McShay here has uh, the New York Jets taking Zach Wilson, quarterback out of BYU. What do you think? I like it. I mean, I don't know how big everyone is on Zach Wilson right now. I know his um, pro day was actually like pretty good. good. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. The Jets are a weird team. They're kind of like a they're, – they're honestly only a few pieces away, even though they've dealt a lot of their stuff. They're really only a few pieces away from becoming, like, a, a, a well-rounded team. Maybe not, like, fantastic, like, have a great record, but, like, they're, they're like a few pieces away from being over 500 by one or two games. Right. I mean, and they have two uh, first round picks because Seattle gave them their whole future for like yeah. the next four years. So um, I will forever be the guy that isn't big on Zach Wilson. Um, and if you guys know, it's not college football season right now. So you don't know right now if you haven't been listening for a few months, but I um, am my my uh, team, actually our team, I would say, because you know how we have our teams. Like, they're not actually, like, our number one teams, but as a podcast, like, we're Chargers fans. Yeah. And as a podcast, we're Padres fans. Mm-hmm. And as a podcast, we're fans of the shot declares in Coastal Carolina. And Zach Wilson lost to Coastal Carolina. Imagine losing to Coastal. Uh, couldn't be me, but it could be Zach Wilson. Um, and he got absolutely punked by them. So I will forever not be high on Zach Wilson. I don't think he should go number two. Respectable. respectable. I think there's three. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. This might be the clip for Instagram. I'm going to say it right now. I think there's three better quarterbacks in this draft than Zach Wilson. I can, I can, I can almost agree with you on, on that one. And I don't think Mac Jones is one of them. Wow. Yep. I might be talking out of my – arse but that's just my opinion i mean if zach wilson pans out he pans out good for the jets but i'm not a fan of him. all right good honestly i i think 
I mean, honestly, they can really go anywhere with the number two pick. So I don't really, I mean, that's the most logical one, but I don't really know. I honestly don't really know how I feel about that one. I think, it's a safe bet. It's yeah, safe it's definitely for them. a safe bet. Number three, uh, Kuiper's got Justin Fields going to the 49ers. Um, sure. Like, yeah. I guess. Like, I think he fits the system. A little running, scrambling um, quarterback. I want to say that. Um, and he loves football. <laughs> He's a team oh, player. Justin Fields will it. put his body on the line. We saw that in the playoffs. I'm a big He's fan of Justin Fields. I'm yeah, a no, big I, I fan like, I like, of Justin. I like Justin. I like Justin Fields a lot. I was saying I don't really know just because it's the 49ers. Like they, like they're another team that can really go any way. Like they could do what they really want. It just they need a QB as well. Well, the thing is, we're so used to a Jimmy Garoppolo style of the San Francisco 49ers, where Jimmy Garoppolo is better with his pocket presence. But mm-hmm. imagine the way that George Kittle. And Debo Samuel and their 15,000 running backs can produce with another threat on the ground. Yeah. Like, that would be awesome. Like, unlimited running backs. Exactly. And now they have a running back at quarterback that can also throw the ball. It's going to be insane. They're a running back, like, every game. I know. It's going to be awesome. I think it's great. I like it. I like it. Uh, Moving on to pick number four, uh, the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, Todd McShay has Kyle Pitts going here, which I love. I think Kyle Pitts is top two talent, if not top one talent in this draft. And here we go, Atlanta picking another tight end. Yeah, no, I love the pick at four. I just don't think Atlanta really should pick a tight end because they need so much else. I mean, they have a decent O-line, but I mean – it's and they have decent wideouts, but I they should I think they should trade down, get a few more picks and pick some defensive pieces. Honestly, they could take him right, mm-hmm. then trade with someone else. Okay, like use him in a trade. I feel like that would be valuable to them because they're in an odd situation here with number four. I feel like four is just not like there's there's too many players in between four and everyone else where you can like i don't know if you pick someone that's a little bit you know what, well, of a stretch you're you're getting you're getting a little too risky you know what i mean but i feel like if they take pits right you can't go wrong out of the way if you can't get a deal done for a trade you take pits and you try to trade pits maybe okay on draft day you know what? i have an idea for that uh bouncing off of you trading pits um you know where they could trade them to who i think would love a tight end Actually, let me double check this real quick. But I have a very, very good potential trade that I just thought of. Yeah, you know what? This is going to be a great trade. I It could work out very well. I think you might like the idea of this. So they take him with the fourth pick, right? Yep. And they kind of use him as a Chris Weber. You know how Chris Weber got taken and then got traded uh, yep. right away because the Warriors wanted him. Um, they trade him to a team that is lacking tight ends, which is the team with the 10th pick, the Dallas Cowboys. Which is a good pick. And then, like, I mean, at that point, they would – I don't really know what the Falcons could do. Like, if if it wasn't, like, literally a player-player, like, trade, yeah. like, I think would it would be crazy. Be... But, like, 
like we, I guess we can just we can skip to number ten for a second here. They have McShay has the Cowboys picking Pat Sertain. So like if we just talk about like okay, so they trade like if it, like in putting in perspective, this was a player player trade. Well, the Falcons mm-hmm. getting Pat Sertain honestly isn't even that bad. The Cowboys are in a win win either way, in my opinion. Whether they end up even if there's because I know people are talking about them possibly getting pits somehow. Yeah. I think it's a win-win getting Patchertain or Pitts. Patchertain being more of a W, in my opinion, just for team needs. Okay. Um, but I think Pitts overall I mean, would be much if, better. If they were to get if they were to trade Pitts for the to the Cowboys, they would have to give up the tenth pick in probably their second round pick or their yeah. second round pick for next year. Like it wouldn't be a straight up four for ten because that just wouldn't even make sense. Yeah, no, obviously not. It, but and certain so, something nasty. like that. Certain yeah, is certain is nasty. a very very good cornerback, which I'm happy that a cornerback isn't projected top three or isn't going top three like he did mm-hmm. last year. Because in my opinion, corners, I mean they're the hardest position in football, obviously, but they have no business going top three. A cornerback's life in the NFL is probably averaged at like one year. Yeah, like because it's the it's hardest just, position in the league. And it's tough to stay healthy because literally, like on on most teams, if you're there, if they're drafting a corner, probably going to be a starter. I know. Yeah. Like at, that early in the draft. Most if you're gonna going to draft the first pick, and I mean, we don't know how. Um, oh, who's the kid on the Jags that got picked to the third pick? Or on the Lions, I'm sorry, the Lions, Okuda. We don't know how Kuda's going to pan out because he was hurt. But, I mean, exactly like you picked him with the third pick, you didn't even get to use him because he's hurt. Because he's hurt, Because yeah, he's so. playing the hardest position in the league. You're bound to get hurt. Like, it's just, yeah. like, inevitable. And then um, next, we got the Bengals. They pick Sewell. Um, honestly, just I, that's a 10 out of 10 pick for them. Yeah, he's the best offensive lineman in the draft. Uh, we saw Joe Burrow's issues with uh, – his O-line, um, which, I mean, he had no chance of doing anything with that type of O-line. So building something off of Panay uh, Sewell, mm-hmm. I mean, that would be great. He's a very, very, very good offensive tackle. Yeah, that's a solid pick. From the I wouldn't rule out them taking Jamar there. Chase, though, which would just be – I don't even think that would be a good idea. Yeah, who knows what their front offense – office, offense oh, – wow, office is thinking. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Um, with the sixth pick, uh, we got the Miami Dolphins uh, via trade from the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, and the Dolphins are actually projected to take Jamar Chase. I like that. Yeah. I, I mean, Jamar Chase is the best wide receiver. I think Jamar Chase is the best wide receiver in the draft. I know that Devonta Smith won the Heisman, and I love Devonta Smith. But I think Jamar Chase – I mean, he took the season off, so we didn't even get to see him. I still think he's the number one wide receiver in the draft class. Yeah, he's good. That's a good pick from the Dolphins. Um, Besides our, like, trade that we just came up with, that's also been talked about, but not – like, whatever. Um, The trade that is projected here is from Kuiper that New England moves up for a QB. So they trade with Alliance for the number seven pick. And yeah, they give Mac up their Jones. first. Yeah, they'd give up their first and their second round pick and take Mac Jones. I like it. I I like Mac Jones personally. I I, I think he's great. I think, I think he's good. good yeah. 
I think it'd be a good fit. I know some people are talking about them even moving up farther and trying to get Justin Fields somehow. I don't really know how realistic that could be. In like, I don't really know what they would have to give up for that. I'm assuming it would probably be a lot. Um, yeah. But I feel like that's just too much pressure on them. In my in my opinion, having being that far up in the draft and then possibly going completely wrong, knowing that literally once the Pats did terrible, the backlash was incredible. Oh, yeah, no, by far. Um, Mac Jones, which like everybody's kind of doubting him because of the weapons that he had at Bama. But I mean, like, there's a reason why he went to Bama. Like, he didn't yeah, go to Bama because he, he's he got a bad quarterback. And, like, yeah, he got there in the first place. So, yeah, he, he didn't go to Bama because he's a bad quarterback. Yeah, like, he had to at least be fucking decent. Like, yeah, top three quarterback in the nation because Alabama is the best team in the nation. Yeah. So, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't care why everybody's sleeping on Mac. Yeah. I honestly, I think me personally, being a Pats fan, I'm happy with that. I see Mac Jones' name under the Patriots. I'm, Would I'm you rather have him or uh, Trey Lance? I forget Trey, what Trey Lance's pro day looked like. Did he have an, a really good one? Was he one of the ones that like went crazy? Because Mac Jones had a pretty good pro day too. Um, I, I mean, Trey Lance just did Trey Lance things. I don't think he went like absolutely crazy. Because yeah, we already know Trey Lance is like things. very yeah. talented, yeah. And he's only twenty. That is true. I I don't know. That's a great question. Because I think Mac. I here's the thing. I think Mac Jones. If he if he comes to the Patriots, he's gonna battle for a starting spot right off rip. But I think Trey Lance would take a year to progress first. But I that, like in five yeah, years, yeah. I don't know who would be the better quarterback. But I think Mac Jones can start before Trey Lance can start. But in five years, I just don't know who would be better. I think th- I th- I that's actually that's a good take right there because one because he's younger and but I think Mac Jones just fits in. I uh, yeah. Like, I what the that. game plan that they have because they try to adapt to Cam Newton's play style, which I think if they work. make that adapt work, you know what I mean in the second year. Yeah, I, I mean think it could. They could be. I think they could be pretty good doing that. I think they just they they elevate their game to a different point that we've never really seen from the Patriots offense but then like Mac Jones right let's say he doesn't start right away Cam Newton's a starter which I feel like is going to happen yep but any hopefully nothing happens to Cam Newton because I'm I like everyone knows who's listens I'm a huge Cam Newton fan well before he was on the Pats but like Mac Jones I feel like he comes in right and he plays the old school Pats offense and they're fine they're happy yeah. with it because that's what he can do Right. All right. Moving on to pick number eight, we have the Carolina Panthers uh, going with offensive tackle out of Northwestern, Rashawn Slater. Um, overall, a great pick. A great pick. Um, he t- I want to say he was the guy that also took the year off, opted out from Northwestern. Um, but he is a very, very good offensive tackle. And I don't mind the idea of opting out of a season. I saw it personally with DK Metcalf. He got hurt, was projected to come back in two weeks, but then just opted out for the rest of the season, his season. And you yeah. saw the stuff that he did, especially at the combine. And that's because he had more time to train for the NFL, not to continue to play college football. So, I mean, hey, Rashawn Slater could be a totally different man 
and like he will probably mess stuff up in Carolina. Yeah. Very, very good offensive line. Also, just wanted to say I completely forgot Sam Darnold got traded. Yeah, no, it was so low key. Yeah, like I like saw the headline everywhere, and like I just like I was like, all right, cool, like whatever. Yeah, like we were talking about the Jets pick. Like I saw Sam Donald, like they had, they like they dealt him. I was like, what? The, I was like, what are we talking about right now? Because I was about to say something about Sam Donald. I was like, well, don't they? Have, and then I totally forgot until I saw that they had, mm-hmm. like to right there. So they have to protect Sam Donald. So going back really quick to the Jets pick, I think that's actually. a pretty good pick for I think they, they have. have to take yeah I think they have to take a quarterback I, I mean, just unless don't, they, unless, I unless, unless, they, unless they take Justin unless they take Justin Fields I mean they could like that's totally possible I just you know I was kind of acting out of pocket and I was just like complete I was joking about saying that there were three quarterbacks better than Zach Wilson uh not including Mac Jones I don't know why I didn't say that but Mac Jones like is better than him in my opinion I don't know why I said that Mac Jones. I think it was I was just ready to get something up on Instagram. <laughs> because I, I, I was just gonna say I think oh, yeah. this draft this draft is weird about QBs because I feel like you can't go wrong with who you take. It's just how your offense is. There's just yeah. so many because I feel like in other drafts with QBs, they kind of cater to the like you either changed your offense or they cater to you. Now you have so many to pick from. You it's really just like okay, who do I like more? Right. I think Zach Wilson would fit in so well in New England. Like, yeah, so. yeah. I I think I think he could. And honestly, it, it really just it really just depends on where everyone is. But I just wanted to just go back on that really quick because I totally forgot Sam Darnold got dealt. Yeah, no. Okay. All right. Um and then uh, number nine. Let's wrap things up here at number nine because we already said number ten. So yeah, at number nine, Kuiper's got Trey Lance going to the Broncos. Um, I actually agree fully with what um he says underneath. Uh just a quick like skim um he says he does not think drew lock is the long-term answer in denver yeah and i agree with that like half and half i think if like they got him right if that makes sense uh-huh like he the, like i mean they can only give him so many years but i feel yeah. like if he like became a little bit better you know what i mean like stepped it up i, I don't want to be like rude like he's not doing enough because he does a lot for them already but like if he like magically comes out and he's like fantastic that's that's like best case scenario here but like Trey Lance like they can't rely on Drew Locke forever exactly and this is what I kind of said with the Pats too is drafting Trey Lance at only 20 years old kind of gives Drew Locke some time to play a few games before you switch over to Trey Lance and I mean if Drew Lock performs at a high level then you can still move Trey Lance because he'll only be 21 the next year and then you'll get some good pieces yeah which works out perfectly and then obviously we said Calvin's pick pick um projected is Patrick Sertain yeah um overall I mean I, I feel like every everybody yeah all those picks were pretty good um I will forever sleep on Zach Wilson though um Kind of interesting. Devonta Smith was not in the top ten. Um, who else was interesting that we didn't see? I think that was about it, though. Maybe Waddle, but Waddle's been dealing with some injuries, so it kind of makes sense. Yeah. I feel like this line just makes sense. All of it makes sense. If if Detroit keeps their pick at seven, 
Um, then I think we could see Rashawn Slater from Northwestern instead of him going to the Panthers. Uh, we could see him going to Detroit. And then we could see the Panthers taking someone like uh, Devonta Smith or Jalen Waddle. Yeah. Could see that happening. But I think we're um, going to do, yeah. do it for the episode. Um, thanks, thank you for everyone for listening. Make sure to check out um, Inside the Five Pod on Instagram and Twitter. And um, have a great week. Yep. Peace. Peace. On the face of my city, co-signed by Diddy, hard liquor, I'm shitty, hotel, some bitty, gotta doin' my bidding, you change, no kidding, wasn't always this pretty, run with me, I'm fitting, fourth quarter, ninth inning, ain't no way we ain't winning, back home for a week, ain't no way we ain't sinning, if she came to stay with me, ain't no way she ain't pretty, got the eight away hitting, y'all some internet thugs, won't come face to face with me, y'all would hate to play with me, tell me tug it one time, she'll pay to stay skinny, I done been on that road, I done ate some great Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.